Hi, I'm Ryan Freeland, and this is the Epic Freeland Podcast. This episode, I sat down with Muay Thai pioneer Mike Miles, and we chat about how the martial arts scene has evolved, and how it's not about beating up somebody, but it's about beating your own ego. Welcome to Epic Phelan. Today we have with us Mike Miles. Mike Miles is a bit of a martial arts guru when it comes to Calgary. He introduced Muay Thai. So, uh, Mike, how's it going? Hey, can you point me where Mike is? I'd like to go and meet him. <laughs> I'd like to go and meet him. Nice. <laughs> right on. So, so, Mike, what we're doing today is I'm going to give you a bit of an interview. We're going to talk all about you. And we're going to do this over a game of Jenga. Oh, my. Yeah. So it just kind of adds like an interesting dynamic. And if I'm going to beat somebody at something, maybe it's Jenga. Oh, boy. <laughs> it should be my kids who are playing, it, not me. There because they're awesome at this. Right on. So I guess first things first, Muay Thai. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it basically, it's a sport. It's called the art of eight limbs. And you're punching, you're kicking, you're elbowing and kneeing and clinching. And if you follow things like MMA or the UFC, you'll find that most of the fighters now are going into Muay Thai or boxing for their stand-up fighting. So it's very practical. It's ring-proven. Um, when we first did it here... You know, it opened an awful lot of eyes for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I remember. I remember back in the day where we had first introduced to Muay Thai, and it was it was yeah, really really eye opening. Yeah, you know, everybody was used to seeing boxing or maybe kickboxing, which just meant that you use your legs and you could kick into the legs and into the body. But seeing elbows and knees, everybody is going, "Wow, that's really really violent," you know. Yeah, so it's definitely a whole different dynamic when it comes to Muay Thai. Now, what got you into Muay Thai? Well, I mean, I started off in the traditional martial arts really, really young in 1967. And uh, the thing was, is that you'd throw a punch or kick, but you never hit anybody. And you were always being told, well, you're not hitting anybody because you'd kill them. But in reality, I found out in a couple self-defense situations that didn't really work. You're throwing your punch and you're pulling it back and it becomes second nature. That's how you're training your muscles. So I had to defend myself. I threw a kick at a guy's head and stopped it in front of his nose. Huh. And he went, wow, oh, my God, I don't want to fight you. You could have kicked me. And in my head, I'm going, you know, I tried to kick you, but I just was trained wrong. So started doing a little bit of boxing and incorporating the kicks and stuff like that. And then eventually, you know, kickboxing started taking off. Then Muay Thai, and that's where we are today in UFC. No, yeah, exactly. So... This is a good question to ask any Calgarian or anybody that's living in Calgary. Are you originally from Calgary? I was born in Calgary, and then my dad worked for the government, so we were up in Edmonton for a little while, and then we came back, and I basically have stayed in Calgary for a long time. I've had offers to go to other countries around the world to teach and kind of live there, but mostly stuck around because my mom was here and the rest of my family was here, and since my mom's passed on, I still I still like Calgary. Okay, what, what, what would you say are uh, some of the features of Calgary that you, you really, really like? Well, I mean, growing up here, it was a really nice cow town in the sense that, you know, very friendly people, you know, would go out of their way to help you. Good times, not too crazy like a big city where you'd find a lot of gangs and things like that. But unfortunately, you know, Calgary's grown up and matured a little bit, too. So there is some issues here like there isn't, you know, any other big city around the world. All right. On. So, OK, we're going to get started with Jenga here. You go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Yep. Okay. So, oh, you know, having oh. having the microphone in front of your face is always adds this different dynamic to this. There um, we go. Okay, let's see what I can do. I hope it doesn't fall right away because then everybody's going to say, "Hey, we want to play Jenga with you." 
Oh, that's tight. Oh, that was close. You mentioned MME a few times here. Yep. And being, in my opinion, definitely the founder of Muay Thai in Calgary, um, your name is synonymous with it. You have trained a few people that have gone to the MMA arena, and have you ever thought of um, diversifying into that at all? Or Well, you know, the problem is, is nowadays, especially if you take a look at a lot of the martial arts businesses, everybody's a, a jack-of-all-trades, very few are a master of them. So, no. I mean, this is a good thing. Like, we were the first. We did do the first MMA events in Calgary, plain and simple, yeah. and then a couple other people took off with it and ran with it. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating when you sit there and you go like there's one person in the city who likes to sit there and say how he's the, you know, the best MMA coach in the world and look at what he's turned out. <laughs> you know, the, the fact of the matter, let's be truthful here. You know, the guys that who have gone to the UFC from Calgary, they've all spent a long time with me, with me developing them. Their ability to stand in front of an audience, their ability to stand in front of somebody who's trying to rip their head off, yeah. you know, being able to have that composure so many years and so much time went into those people. I mean, I can't lie. I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, come to my gym and all of a sudden I'm going to teach you how to roll on the ground and do jujitsu because I'm not going to mislead you and not be... You know, I'm going to be truthful about what I'm doing. Our stand-up is the best, plain and simple. Our yeah. stand-up is the best. I think probably, you know, in terms of jujitsu, there's a few people in the city I would go and see that they're great people too. You know, they're really level-headed, not really, dare I say, full of themselves, yeah. you know, trying to help you become the best you can be. And to me, that's important. Martial arts are not just about walking up and trying to beat somebody up. What it is is to learn to beat up your own ego so that, if I have to walk around and talk to everybody and say, hey, you know, I'm Mike Miles and four-time professional world champion and, you know, I'm going to kick your butt or whatever, uh, that shows my own personal insecurities. The fact Absolutely. that, the man, you know, especially when I'm teaching kids, I love teaching kids, confident children are not victims of bullies. You no. know, the big thing with kids is I'm not teaching them to step out there and beat somebody up, but the kids who don't have the confidence and are the bullies have a tendency to stay away from them. Yeah, that was something that I noticed with myself. You know, I started with you when I was really young. It was a big confidence booster for me. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's really amazing. It's a hard thing to say, but I mean, I mean, for how many years I've been doing this? When I started teaching young kids, I can think of some of the kids at four or five years old, and they'll come to me at 30 or 30, 35, and they say, you know, if it wasn't for you, I would have been in trouble, or with your teaching, you helped me focus in university, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, to have that, to have these people, you know, it's not just about turning out fighters or whatever, it's turning out good people. Yeah. It really is. To me, it's important that they have a, a good role model, and, you know, they represent themselves very well, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was actually really interesting. I remember years ago just being involved in the martial arts for throughout my teen years and adult, young adult years. I remember the when MMA and UFC first became a big thing. They had the Gracies. Yeah, they were so much about the ground game, and it really kind of put martial arts on its head. Really, yeah. The Gracies are awesome. They yeah. really are. But when they did the very first show, all the guys who competed in it had no idea what was going to happen. Yes. So they were all walking into this dark room saying, you know, now you got to you got to do this or do that. So the thing about the Gracies, they've been doing it so long in, in Brazil, they already knew what to expect in terms of being struck, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. But the strikers had no uh, no idea what they were walking into. It was yep. a big learning curve that happened within sport. Yep. And then once that happened, um, I saw a really good line, and I can't remember who said it, but the jiu-jitsu community would always say, you know, 75% of fights end up on the ground. Yeah. 
But then this other guy, I can't remember who he was, but he said 100% of them start standing up. Yeah. So I thought that was a, that was a really good line. And you look at it now, and there's so much stand-up in within the UFC and within MMA itself. You know, I never used to to watch it very much. Now I watch it, and I do I do understand some of the the grappling. Some of it's great, and from a spectator point of view, when they're sitting there on the ground and they're just wrestling, and they're not in an actual position where they're taking advantage of it or have the guy almost close to a submission, sometimes I can kind of yawn a little bit. I, <laughs> I honestly can. But if you look at the UFC now, when it first started, the Gracies came out and they turned the world on its head, and then you had people like Anderson Silva come out and all of a sudden use a Muay Thai clinch and just destroy people or my friend uh, Maurice Smith came out and started throwing low kicks. Yeah. You know, up until Maurice doing that, a lot of people would sit there and say, oh, if you're kicking somebody in the leg, what a sissy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, it's now so commonplace. Yeah. And MMA is now, it's evolved. That's the word. Evolved, yeah, yeah. It's evolved that basically everybody's doing the same thing. So it's no longer, hey, we're just a Gracie jiu-jitsu person or we're just a Muay Thai person. Everybody works wrestling. Everybody works the jiu-jitsu. Everybody works some boxing. Everybody works some MMA. It's just now the guys who know how to do it properly are the guys who are the elite fighters, plain and simple. But, you know, it's... No longer. It used to be when it started, okay, karate versus kung fu versus jujitsu versus Muay Thai. Now everybody has that background in them. They've trained it into themselves, and you can see how everybody's evolved and pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So um, when you got into martial arts, was there a particular hero that you may have had, or was there somebody that you you idolized? Was there something that like really drew you to the martial arts? Okay, so I was I was a youngster in in the '60s. Obviously, I hate to say how old I am, plain and simple. But <laughs> I mean, back then, you know, on TV you'd see things. And now people are going to laugh, but there was the Green Hornet with Bruce Lee, Ooh, which yeah. was really cool. Nobody ever seen anything like that. And even Batman, yep. Robin would be doing some of his karate tricks. And then, oh, this is a good one, Star Trek. Take a look at Captain Kirk. He'd be doing his karate chops and his judo <laughs> yeah. throws and stuff like that. So, I mean, as a youngster, I was really picked on. I was I was not a very confident kid. I was fairly big and clunky. I played hockey like everybody else. I was terrible. I really was terrible. I couldn't skate worth beans. I froze my feet all the time. But I was being picked on, and it just got to the point that I decided the only thing I could do now was learn how to defend myself. And I didn't really want to start off with boxing. I wanted something a little more exotic so I could punch and kick and grab somebody and try to throw them, throw them a little bit. So Bruce Lee, I hate to say it, William Shatner doing his karate mm-hmm. stuff, and Burt Ward from Robin from Batman. These guys were doing some karate stuff, and I thought, wow, that's a good way to defend myself. That's your jam. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's uh, take another uh, Jenga break here. Oh, my. Oh, this is getting bad here. Yeah, there okay, we so go. I'm going to try right here. Don't fall. Don't fall because this is only my second one. And if it falls, ooh. Well, you're doing good. You're doing good. So being native Calgarian, what would be your favorite community in Calgary? Well, I mean, I grew up in Tuxedo. So, you know, all my friends were basically in Tuxedo when I was growing up. A nice area. Now you go there, it's considered, I mean, it's considered almost downtown now. But the way the city has grown and expanded i do like all of calgary each little community each section each quarter section of north south east west whatever has their own little things that are neat to go and look at it's just a nice city i do like the city for sure okay so now i have to ask you obviously being muay thai thai food 
love Thai food. Mm. The thing is, is you gotta have you have to be able to deal with heat. Yes. So I don't like super, super, super spicy because it has a tendency to upset my tummy. But I like definitely hot, just not super hot. Thai food is yummy. In terms of the world, the Thais are renowned, obviously, for their Muay Thai, for their sport. Yeah. They're renowned for when you go there, they got so many monasteries and temples to go oh, look it's at. it's beautiful, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And food. You know, yeah. everybody goes to Thailand to try their food. They'll cook anything. I mean, when I first went there, I was kind of taken aback when you're going and seeing these street vendors and they're selling you roasted grasshoppers and, you know, <laughs> mealworms and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I still have a hard time thinking about eating bugs. Yeah, but, no, you know, no. you know, but, you know, people try it. You know, when you eat a grasshopper, if it's done a certain way, it's almost like eating an overgrown sunflower seed, you know, with all the the sunflower oil and all that stuff on it. It's pretty cool. Totally different. Something for sure. Something totally different. Do you have a favorite Thai restaurant in Calgary? Boy, that's a good one to think about for a second. I'm kind of drawing a blank here. I go to a few of them. I can think maybe Thai Sa'an is good. But right now, I'm kind of going through a phase where I'm doing a fair amount of Vietnamese food. So oh, I, Vietnamese, I, yeah. yeah. I, I like Vietnamese There is some too. great Vietnamese yep. places here in Calgary. Yeah. And even um, the Vietnamese have their own kind of curry as well, which is really, really good. Yeah. Back to Thailand itself, with Muay Thai, what would you say is the average like uh, retirement age of a... Well, I mean, in reality, if you look at the top Thais, most of them are, you know, mid-20s, maybe up to the 30s. By that time, they're considered really old fighters, but, you know, yeah. there are some fighters who go beyond that. They're really, really hungry in Thailand, for sure. I mean, the fighters are trying to raise money so that when they retire, they can go buy a piece of dirt and go farming or open up some kind of business. Some of the really old fighters did really well with their money and, you know, big real estate guys now in, in Thailand. Yep. And then some of the other ones, unfortunately, what they did, it was, you know, you have to think. I'm even telling some of my fighters, your career is finite. You can't continue fighting and training as hard as you can forever, think it's going to last forever i mean i could walk across the street and get run over and all of a sudden i can't fight anymore so if i'm taking all the money that i'm making from fighting and then just you know whittling it away like in thailand you know okay let's get some women wine women and, and <laughs> wine women and gambling okay yeah. they say whiskey they don't say wine basically you end up with your career with nothing left and it's a real shame i, yeah. I look at some of these guys who are absolutely just legends of fighting and all of a sudden they're broke and you just go what happened yeah you know? yeah it's, a, it's a just totally unfortunate it really is but i mean it's not just in thailand that, that oh. happens it happens everywhere over here football too. players oh, here well, yeah. exactly you know yeah. Right, and so what else was I going to ask you? I totally drew a blank. That's okay. <laughs> this it's, is, Je it's Jenga time. This, yeah, Jenga time. <laughs> this is why we can edit things. Okay, so it's Jenga time. Oh, no. I, you're starting to kill me here. I don't know which way to go on this one. You've played this too many times. This isn't fair. I know. This is. I have the advantage of, of playing all, all these different Calgarians. And... Okay, so I'm just trying to think. I'm going to try this one. Oh, don't fall. Oh, I think it's going to fall. Oh, you got it. I'm trying to pull it out without... Oh, man. That is really putting us in a bad that's, position. That's confidence. Is that confidence that you're talking about? He is so close. Don't fall. Don't. Fall. If I fall, then everybody... Oh, yeah, <laughs> there, there you go. go. Like, that's okay. unbelievable. I can't believe I did that. So, in the spirit of... Um, naming my podcast here a play on the last name right i like to always ask people like if you can think of an epic fail within your industry or something that you've done that you would change if you were to do it over again or perhaps maybe even something 
that you would say like would be a big do not if you were to get into the industry? I think what's really wrong kind of right now with the industry is UFC is at fault too. You know, if somebody lifts up a knee when they're fighting, they say, look at that Muay Thai knee. And you go, that's not even close to what a real Muay Thai knee would look yeah. like. So I think what's happening right now is there's a, you know, it's unfortunate with this economy here. What's happening is when people lose their job, the first thing they do is they go take a course, become a personal trainer. And all of a sudden, everybody's opening up a gym, looking on the internet, on YouTube, how to throw a punch. And all of a sudden, everybody's teaching punching, kicking, elbowing, and kneeing. And I mean, really what it comes down to is, I can't go out and just become a carpenter and just yeah. you know open up a company. I don't think we can do that yet. If I do a carpentry business, they're going to make sure that I have somebody who's a journeyman in there, somebody yeah. who's who's papered to make sure that everything is being done right. And unfortunately in the fitness business, I think right now uh, there isn't anybody overseeing what people are doing, you know. It's I'm glad Muay Thai's popular, I'm glad MMA's popular, I'm glad boxing's popular, but there's also a lot of you know, the blind leading the blind, too. I mean, the, if we go back 20 years, let's go back 20 years. The yeah. big thing that took place was Billy Blanks and Ty Bo. <laughs> yeah. And everybody was doing Ty Bo. And then the city of Calgary phones me and says, hey, we got some problems with some of our instructors. Can you kind of teach a course on how to do this? I'm looking at these guys, what they're teaching, how they're teaching. And I'm going, no wonder people are pulling muscles and hurting their backs and stuff like that. Because there yeah. was no, no thought process of how to teach somebody to do these techniques. So I, th I think right now the thing that really bothers me is there's way too many people out there, like I say, the blind leading the blind. I think that's what's hurting the industry right now. Yeah, and I, I do agree with that. I think, though, with the popularity of, of Muay Thai and MMA, martial arts has always been funny, yeah. right, where it's been a little bit of mysticism, I guess you could say, within the industry and mm -hmm. weeding that out and how you found that. MMA really did weed out a lot of this phony baloney stuff. Like martial arts, what people don't realize, again, it goes beyond just wanting to step in front of somebody and punching and kicking somebody. It's yep. also development as a person. I do love the martial arts if you've got a really good instructor. And I mean, I even started in the traditional martial arts. My son, Jesse, I started him in the traditional martial arts. There are many good avenues with training in the traditional martial arts besides MMA standing up boxing and kicking to sit there and say yeah MMA has exposed a lot of the martial arts well in some ways it hasn't too because MMA goes by rules okay yeah in martial arts there are things that eye gouges throat gouges you know some things that you can do that you can't do in MMA and not everybody wants to stand in front of each other and punch each other. I mean, you're a professional. You're, if you're going to be selling a house, per se, you can't walk up with two black guys and say, hey, I'm trying to sell, sell you this house. You can't do that. It's, it's It not, gets the point across, though. It, it, it definitely yeah, helps. They, they say, what happened? And you say, well, they, the last people didn't buy the house I was selling them. And then I tried to knuckle them, and they knuckled me back. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's good. Well, I'll, try, I'll try to stay away from that. That would be, I think, that'd be uh, bad publicity. Yeah, for sure. you bet. You bet. <laughs> right. What does Mike Miles like to do when he's not boxing or training? Or you know, as funny as it sounds, I like going and looking at antiques. I like I play guitar, so I like music an awful lot. I'm not very good, but I I really like that kind of thing. I like. It's going to sound funny. I like history. I like knowing about history because it's really important. And especially in this day and age, funny saying, but it's true. History always repeats, you know, and things that we should learn from. We have a tendency to forget and then the same thing happens. So if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. Yeah, Pretty much. That's what yeah. it, that's what it comes down to. So, I mean, 
I've never really been involved with politics per se. This last election, like it kills me that everybody voted in Trudeau again. I mean, some of the things that he did that if you or I did, we'd be in jail. But he can get by it saying, you know, that's just part of politics, you know. So there's another famous saying, too, is, you know, okay, we could go liberal, we can go conservative, we can go left wing or right wing. But there's an old native saying, which is true, that both wings belong to one bird. So <laughs> they all have things that are good and they all have things that are bad. That's the truth of it. That makes it very difficult sometimes to make up your mind when yeah. there's two parties, right? Yeah. It really does. So, yeah. you know, Canada is such a is such a great country, and it's kind of a shame to see the kind of debt that we're incurring. And I'm kind of looking at it, you know, and I, I got to be honest. I mean, uh, we're spending more money for everybody else around the world than we are in our own people, yeah. the people who are living here, the the elderly and things along that lines. And that, that really kills me. That really that's, bothers that's me. That's something that I think that we're going to have a lot of here. Well, I mean, just like the boomers, right? That's yep. what you're going to have. We're going to have to look at that. And I just, you know, until you really said it here, I didn't really think too much about it. But it is going to be a, an issue that we have. Yep, for sure. Right. So speaking of elderly. As you look at me and point your <laughs> finger. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, fake, it's fake white hair. <laughs> not, 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 not going there, not going there. But somebody that's been involved and, in, in like, highly active in, in say, Muay Thai, which is a hard sport. Like, it's the kicking is really hard, you know, the... Yeah, kicking with the shins and, mm -hmm. and using the elbows. What do you suggest to somebody that wants to kind of continue with that? You know, is there something that, like a good transition thing? But say, you know, they're in their, you know, 70s or, you know, getting a little bit older. I would think I would complement it with weights. I would definitely not be looking at anything in terms of competition. You know, the, no. big, th the big thing is most people get involved too is because they don't, not because they want to fight. When you're training in this kind of stuff, it creates a family atmosphere, which is number one. Number two, you're meeting new people. And number three, having fun. And I guess the most important thing is learning something that will still work for self-defense. But, I mean, at 70, you know, you're not trying to continue conditioning your shins. And you're not sitting yeah. there smashing the bags as hard as you can. I mean, you want to... You want to keep up on your bone density and your muscle mass a little bit and by hitting into things and hitting into targets and stuff like that. Muay Thai does work for sure. Okay. So I think we better get uh, going on Jenga here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we got. This, uh, is, this is getting scary. Oh, I can't grab that one. Oh, you should have grabbed that one. <laughs> I would have won for sure. Now, that's, that's a lot of guts because, oh, my. That's precarious. There oh, we go. That's in a. So are you a martial arts movie guy? Sorry, not as much as I used to be. Hang on. Let me just see if I can get this one to move. Oh, that might be something there. I think I got it. Go, baby. Go, baby. I'm trying to pull it out. Um, okay. I think I got there that we one. Go. I did it. <laughs> Look at that. That's... That's scary. Martial arts movies, I mean, I was definitely, you know, a lot of people don't remember back 40 years ago, Bruce Lee doing his stuff, you know, like that was really incredible. What I liked about Bruce Lee was that he could take such a simple move, like a straight jab or a, you know, a jolting punch, whatever from there and make it look fantastic. Take a normal kick and make it look fantastic. And then, you know, what followed after there was Jean-Claude Van Damme. So <laughs> yeah. Van Damme would throw one move and then with that one move, they'd show four or five different angles over and over. And, and yeah. really what the martial arts has become now in the movies is all this fantastic stuff that really wouldn't take place in a fight. Like all these 
is, you know, you know, let's let's stand on the ground, let's jump up on a roof, or you know, yeah. um, you kick me five or ten times in the head, and I stand up, and nothing's happened. <laughs> and none and yeah, there's no bruises or yeah. bloody nose or a couple teeth gone. So I mean, that's all for all for entertainment. So. I like watching the stuff that looks like it's going to really work, you know, for sure. What was your first thought? Because it was right at sort of the height of the popularity of kickboxing when the kickboxer movie came out. And he, I mean, especially the scene where they're dipping their hands in the, the glass. You know, I've done some research into that and I've got conflicting stories on that. I've got some people who say, yeah, they would uh, put glue onto the rope hemp and then they'd run it through some ground up glass and then they'd fight that way. And I've also been told, too, what they do is they take the rope hemp and they'd dip it into tapioca powder, let it hang to dry, and then they'd rub the rope together and it would make it a little bit sharper, but it wasn't oh, really okay. glass. So, you know, I've talked to some really old masters who have since passed on and they say, you know, even though they're fighting, Muay Thai really is, it's hard to understand this, but it's more an art of compassion. They wouldn't be you know, putting glass on their hands and trying to slice each other to pieces. You know, it might have been, per se, you know, Burma versus Thailand or oh, okay. Cambodia versus Thailand, something along that lines. But I can't foresee Thais versus Thais doing something like that. I really can't. You know, somebody's going to probably say, Miles, you don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, but I can't really see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you said you started off with some more traditional martial arts. What would that be? You know, I had some friends when I was a kid. I got tired again of being beat up. So it was some traditional karate. And then from there, eventually going from those kids and dealing with them and learning how to do this stuff eventually into things like Taekwondo. Uh, there's two styles of that. One is called ITF. The other is WTF. WTF is Olympic Taekwondo. ITF was the first major push of a martial art around the world the itf basically sent some of their best instructors all around the world for the early 70s everybody was doing the korean martial arts and taekwondo and the reason you had the break between the itf and the wtf is the head guy for the itf eventually went to north korea and so, so south korea is going we're not going to support this anymore and then they started the cookie one and they started the wtf and there wasn't very much support that way what caught your eye with Muay Thai? The practicality. I mean, the first time I went to Thailand, I was fighting kickboxing and low kicks, and one of the instructors just came running at me trying to throw a low kick, you know, shin on shin, yeah. figuring I'd fall down, fall down crying and whining and crying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they go, well, you WKA, which was, you know, the big low kick kickboxing organization in the, in the 70s and 80s. And I just blocked it and looked at them. And they give me all these little tips, to, or not even tips, just to see if I was there really to train or if I was there to go to the disco or if I was there for whiskey or all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I just, in Thai, I just say, no, I'm here to learn Muay Thai. And it was just uh, like a test, see how um, genuine you are. Pretty much, you know. And the thing is, is a lot of people now go to Thailand and, and they train, but they also go like to the islands, you know, out onto the beaches so they can train in the day and they can party at night. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. And, and uh, two things have kind of hurt Muay Thai in, in Thailand. The first is the cell phone. And what do I mean by the cell phone? In the old days when there wasn't cell phones, everybody go to the arena and the Thais like to bet on anything. Oh, yeah. It's a culture of betting. So, I mean, if we have a, a window pane and it's raining outside and two drops of water hit on the outside of the pane, you'll have two ties sitting there saying which one's going to get to the bottom first, right? <laughs> nice. So, I mean, with the advent of the cell phone, what happened is people don't go to the arenas as much as they used to. I wow. mean, what's filling out the arenas is, 
you know, generally a lot of the old fighters will come back and do a couple fights. So that'll fill out the arenas. And since a lot of people don't go that way into the arenas, money is really being made for Muay Thai right now by having foreigners come in and train, especially MMA fighters. It's a different look on the business now than it used to be, for sure. When I when I first went to Thailand and training, everybody was running up to me and touching me because I was I was Caucasian and I had some gray in my hair and... You know, it wasn't yeah. a very common thing to see. Now it's it's so commonplace; it's unbelievable. Right on. So, would you uh, definitely you'd recommend you'd recommend people to go check out Thailand? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah. for food, for things to visit and look at, for Muay Thai, you know, I try it all for sure. Right on. So we're coming to the end here, and we still have some Jenga here. So I'm gonna quickly grab a piece. Oh, how did you do that? That was the confidence that I learned when I was a youngin with you. Oh my! Yeah, well, you learned it very well because that was unbelievable. Okay, I think I think I'm gonna. Hopefully, it doesn't teeter. Okay, the one I just touched. If I've touched it, I've got to oh, take it. Right? No, no, you can, you can. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh-huh. I did it. In the meantime, too, is there anything that you'd like to promote yourself? That's a good thing. Just everybody help everybody. Everybody be happy. Let's continue with the tradition of Calgary being a really happy place and people being really friendly. And I'm hoping that continues here. Right on. Well, that's awesome, Mike. Okay. I think we're going to try something here. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how it was. It was just sitting there. I can't believe I got that one either. Oh, I think, I think, oh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go for this one. <laughs> I was expecting it to fall. Somebody's going to make this thing fall. Oh, you can't do that. That's unbelievable. It's getting down to the wire. That's that's for sure. No, I think that's it. Oh, I think, I think it's going to go. So. Unbelievable. So when do you teach your classes? And are you teaching fighters classes still or? Yeah, I still work the fighters classes. I'm teaching morning classes, evening classes, and night classes. So it's just, it's consistently go. You can't do that. Come on. I want you to have it fall. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's getting there. I think it's a one or one or two turns after that and we're, we're, we're good. Okay. Oh, my Lord. This is definitely an epic game. This is quite a battle. This one's difficult. Ah, that's going to go on the next one. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It really is? Yeah. (laughs) What age also would would you say would be a good age to start off? Generally, I like about six years of age. And classes aren't super long, so you've got their attention span for a while. If you go too long on a class, you're going to have a tendency to lose them. And you don't want to be at the point, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I just don't want to be in a point where I'm babysitting oh okay the most fulfilling thing is actually having taught somebody something what to do yes and when they finish the class you just go wow that's great no 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 it's gonna go yeah all right there we go (laughs) well i can i can officially say i've defeated the the great mike miles you you destroyed (laughs) me on that one actually it was a good game though i'm surprised it went as long as i'm I'm surprised too but it was it was a really great interview too so if there's anything else if you want to if you're offering classes or any any kind of yeah if you're looking at doing muay thai we were one of the first and we still we've turned out more champions than any other gym in canada if you're interested in trying give us a call come try a free week of lessons that's no problem and can i give a phone number yeah give a phone number 403-244-8424 okay right on mike awesome oh, yeah right on good to see you likewise thank okay. you
Thanks again for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. Give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan. And visit my website at www.thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic.